You're listening to County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. I'm Kate Pierce, NYSAC's Multimedia Specialist. We're joined today by Claire Prophet, Deputy Director of Schenectady County's Public Health Department, to discuss the county's recent initiatives on tick-borne illness prevention and community education as we start to enjoy some warmer weather. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation today. Thanks for having me. Great. So to give us uh, a start here, um, could you give an overview of Schenectady County and what are some of your outdoor and recreational spaces like? Yes. Well, the thing that is very interesting about Schenectady County is even though we're physically very small, we have urban, suburban, and rural areas. Actually, it was interesting for me as we created this uh, this this dashboard to really look at all of the outdoor recreational spaces that we have in Schenectady because there really are a large number of them. Um, they range from urban parks. Uh, we have our, our central park in Schenectady that is a, a good sized park for a for being in the middle of a city to large rural hiking areas with waterfalls and creeks and you know more intense nature to explore. Great. Great resources for the county and for the community. Yes, definitely. So to get into the meat of our conversation today, um, can you talk about some of the best ways to prevent tick-borne illnesses and go over what the role of a county is in prevention education? Yeah, sure. So tick uh, prevention is simple, but it's pretty important to do it correctly. You want to make sure, first of all, that you're preventing ticks from getting on you in the first place. Um, The ways that you can do this are to wear light light colored protective clothing so that if a tick climbs on you, you're able to see it quickly and to tuck your pant legs into your socks. And I know this is one that people often get stuck on because it's not super cool, Um, but it really is one of the best ways to prevent ticks from getting onto you because they frequently climb from your shoes to your ankles and then up your pant leg. Another thing that is really important to do is to use an appropriate chemical repellent on your skin and or your clothes. And when I say appropriate, this is very important because there are multiple chemical repellents and they do different things. Some of them are meant to go on clothing and some are meant to go on skin. And if you use them wrong, not only do they not work as well, um, but it actually can be harmful because some of the chemicals that are meant to go on clothes are not necessarily meant to be sitting on your skin all day. Uh, The final thing you can do to prevent ticks from getting on your body in the first place is to make sure to stick to trails, um, avoid underbrush. Um, a big one with kids is to avoid leaf piles. I know I find that with my own children, that is a, a thing that they want to do immediately is sort of roll in leaves. And that is a great way to give yourself a lot of contact with ticks. Um, and then also to avoid uh Anywhere that there is like high grass or um, underbrush or other areas where um, branches and leaves and foliage would really be rubbing up against your your clothes or your hair. Um, After you finish spending time outside, it's really important when you come home to immediately put your clothing straight into the laundry, or if you don't do laundry at home, to make sure you put your clothing into a closed laundry bag until you have a chance to to run it through a washer and a hot dryer, and also to take a shower within a a couple hours of coming home from outside. Uh, You also have to stay vigilant. I think 
as the weather gets warmer and we spend more time outside, we can start to get lax about checking for ticks. This is really, really important. You need to check yourself for ticks. And if you have children and pets, you really need to check them. Um, you know, you need to pay special attention to areas where they kind of could be hiding uh, between your toes, your armpit. Um, it's supposedly not as common for ticks to go to your head and be in your hair. I will say that I have on a couple occasions pulled ticks out of my own daughter's hair. So I do recommend that you really you know, do pay attention to that area as well. Um, as far as what our role is in prevention education, we have a communicable disease department. We also have a full um, environmental health department here in the county. For illnesses that are transmitted by animals, such as tick-borne illness, we sort of see this as a um, is being sort of split between those two departments and responsibility. So they work together to make sure that we're providing education uh, to our community in all the times that we interact with them. Um, we are working on doing more outreach in the community uh, as COVID slows down and we're able to look at some of our other health priorities. So we really want to make sure that we go to the places where people are uh, and provide them with that education. Great. And I do want to bring up the um, recently published Tick-Borne Illness Prevention Dashboard. Can you talk about this initiative and how that's sort of meeting people where they are in this online space that has become more prevalent uh, during the times of COVID? What was the inspiration for this dashboard and how are you planning to use it as a resource for your community? Yes, I'm very excited about this dashboard and I just want to uh, make sure that I give credit where credit is due, um, that this was created mostly by um, an epidemiology graduate student who has now graduated, um, who worked with us on pandemic response and then um, as our pandemic response slowed down, uh, she was able to work on some other initiatives as well. Um, our staff really realized how much people appreciated our COVID-19 dashboard. Uh, we found that we could send people there for more information. We got feedback that people uh, liked having a central place to go see what was going on with COVID in our county. And the staff felt that this was a, a method that would be beneficial for sharing information about other um, public health threats as well. Um, so like you said, I think things are happening a lot more online than they used to be. Uh, we know people really are, you know, have, have sought out resources online as we've been sort of separated from each other. And we tried to think about how could we bridge the divide between uh, online outreach and then in-person interaction as well. So this dashboard allows us to kind of go back and forth between those two realms. Um, on the dashboard, along with information on uh, finding the right EPA approved repellents and uh, basic tick prevention, we also have information on how to get your own tick kit. Um, we, that was sort of a way to bring people back to us. So people have, we actually have had a lot of people call in asking for those tick 
kits because they saw them online. And that allows us to have a little bit more of a personal connection with them, uh, not only to get them that ticket, but to help them understand the role of the local health department and know that we're there as a resource should they have other questions. Um, we're also working to make sure that we share information about the dashboard publicly. Uh, one of the ways we've done that is using QR codes that can be shared at community outreach events or actually put up at nature sites so that when people are out hiking, they um, could scan that QR code and learn a little bit more about tick prevention right there uh, when, they're, when they're outdoors. Um, and I think that so far, it's definitely been successful um, and also has really given us ideas about how to sort of utilize those public facing resources on the internet. And I was just thinking about what you said, of you can put these QR codes up right at the trails. Uh, and what kind of a resource is that to be able to direct people to the dashboard that you can update in real time with real information? So it's not just a static poster that needs to be replaced necessarily, you know, every year, or every couple of years, this is information that if, if there's a brand new resource, you can just update it immediately and it's available immediately to the community. Yes. And I think that's also really important because we think about emerging threats. You know, most of the, there are several illnesses that are, are transmitted by ticks, but there have also been some emerging threats threats, new illnesses uh, that are transmitted by ticks that maybe aren't common here, but thinking about, you know, in the future, if we start, if we continue to see that spread of tick-borne illness, which a lot of it is attributable to global warming, and we start to have more of those threats here, this will be a way for us to make sure we can keep people appraised of, of whatever the, the most recent threats are so they know how to keep themselves safe. Great. Another question that I had was, um, we're entering in a peak season for ticks, right? So it's it's springtime into summer and then fall, uh, summer into fall. So um, we're seeing a more, this is a, the time to really be out there and pushing this dash, dashboard as a resource. Yes. And I think another thing about springtime that we need to think about is that unlike summer and fall, in the spring, the ticks are frequently very, very tiny. So this is a time when you really need to be careful. Um, you know, you're coming out of winter where maybe you haven't been spending time outside. You're not in the mode of, of doing tick prevention. You're just starting to get out in nature. Some of that outdoor time might be very spontaneous. The, the weather warms up. So now you've decided to go for a quick hike. Um, remembering that those, those small ticks in the spring can be like the size of a poppy seed. <laughs> so you really, really need to be, be aware and be on the alert for them as you start to get out into, into the outdoors. So now that we've talked a bit about the dashboard, um, and I, you said it's received positive feedback from the community so far. Do you have any other initiatives being planned at the county level as we head into summer? And more people will be spending time outdoors, of course, uh, preventing tick-borne illnesses, but things like um, being safe, even, you know, within COVID times that we're still in, unfortunately, and practices like putting on sunscreen, that, those sort of things. Um, is there anything like that being planned at the county level in Schenectady County? Well, one thing that we are really excited about is that we are, uh, we have seven public health fellows who were hired through the New York State Public health core fellowship program. 
Uh, they are actually employees of Cornell Cooperative Extension. We uh, subcontracted with them to do this program. And one thing that is really excited about that, exciting about that relationship is that Cornell Cooperative Extension is, of course, very focused on uh, outdoor activity, gardening, uh, composting, recycling. And so we've really been able to combine our expertise and the expertise of Cornell to give our new public health fellows a, a very in-depth education on some of these, uh, these concerns that are you know, faced by the community. They are going to be at a lot of community events in the spring and summer. We have sort of created this idea of, of how do we have a presence at community events where we are more holistically explaining the role of public health in the community and helping people establish that relationship with us so that they know that we're there if they need um, resources or help or have questions. So those public health fellows will be able to talk about all of these initiatives. They'll be able to talk about um, tick-borne illness, um, car seat safety is a big one, um, uh, sun safety. You know, we in the past have gotten um, grants to do work on sun safety. That's definitely something that we are very passionate about, especially as people get outdoors, making sure that you're protecting yourself from the sun. Um, but they'll also be able to talk about uh, uh, vaccine safety, um, answer people's questions about uh, emerging public health threats. You know, some people have come to us with questions about um, there's those, those cases of hepatitis in, in young people that we don't know, we don't know the causative agent yet. So people have questions about that for us. So we're really hoping to use this time to rebuild a relationship with the community that goes beyond COVID and a beyond pandemic response uh, and sets us up to uh, just really be able to engage with our community members in the future. Right, because I feel like COVID brought a lot of folks who necessarily wouldn't interface with uh, the local public health departments as directly, and it, it's brought that to the forefront. So just for me as a civilian, like right when I look for public health resources, my first go-to is now the county level, because I know how instrumental they've been during the pandemic response. So for tickets, I would definitely, I would ring up, you know, or not ring up, I guess. I guess I'd look online first because that's my, um, what I'd go to first, but I'd look online to see what Albany County does. So that's great that that's, you could just look up what Schenectady County is doing and find your way to that dashboard for um, tick prevention and all these other initiatives. That's so great. Yeah. And I also think it's important to note that there's some mistrust of public health after the pandemic. You know, our relationship with the public was changed by our role in pandemic response. You know, contact tracing is something that can make people feel uncomfortable or make them wonder, like, why are you calling me? Why are you doing this follow-up? Um, and then we all know that there's been a lot of misinformation about vaccines that's caused concern and, and maybe ill feelings towards public health. And so I think for us, we really want to take this time to set some of that aside and figure out how can we show um, the importance of our role and how can we show the benefit of public health to people to help them understand that this really is a, a public service that is available for them to, to help them make choices to keep themselves and their loved ones safe. And it's a local resource and that is there's so much value in that as well that you don't necessarily need to be sent to 
CDC resources or state resources or federal resources, that sort of thing. These are folks that live in your community. The, this is your community providing these resources. Yes. So it's it's hyper local and it's having that direct communication. And there's so much value in being able to say, this is, you know, these are resources for you. This is resources for us. Um, this is all for our community. Well, as we're coming to the end of our conversation here, I just wanted to check in and see if there's any advice that you would give to other county health departments, your peers in local health departments, who are looking to implement similar dashboards uh, in their communities, either for uh, tick-borne illnesses as we come into the summer or other public health initiatives. I think focusing on uh, concrete resources that you can share with people is important. I think sometimes we talk about, we've had conversations in the past about education, give, providing education versus providing what are often called incentives to people. But I think that it's not so much an incentive. It is, I think people like to have something that they can hold in their hands and that is is usable. A lot of times when we think about emergency preparedness or disease prevention, it feels very intangible and very overwhelming. And when you have an item that you know you can use to keep yourself safer, I think that makes it feel more doable. And so the tick kits are a great example of that. Uh, you have a very small thing that can fit in your pocket that includes information about ticks. It has a, a visual aid to show you how tiny those uh, nymph ticks can be. And then it also has the, the correct tweezers for, for pulling a tick off if you find one. So you can have that in your bag, you can have it in your car, you can have it wherever, and you have just made yourself more capable of, of responding to a public health threat on your own when it occurs. Uh, and I think we've seen that is very useful in other areas too. During COVID, we, we delivered a lot of uh, supplies for people, particularly people liked having thermometers and uh, cleaning wipes to keep their space safe and clean if they had somebody on isolation or quarantine. And I believe that that is a big part of what has made people interested in our dashboard. It has also helped us to connect with people because they're calling us to ask for that ticket and it gives us that chance to engage with them a little bit more as well. Um, and then I think the other thing I would say is that to definitely just do it. I Sometimes I think we think through a lot of these uh, the possibilities of what we can do for a long time. And it was great for us having this energy of a, a student intern who was excited about this, who just created it for us. And then we were able to just go for it. Like we had this, this actionable thing to share with people online. Um, and then that really jump-started it for other people in the department to, to feel that energy and excitement about creating a program around this dashboard that really gave us new ways to to interact with our community members. That's fantastic. That's so great. And what a great resource to like for that student to be able to say, going forward, I helped to set up this initiative with Schenectady County. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that that student has actually graduated and has a position with the state health department. So we are very excited for her. So great. Yes. That is so, so great. Yes. So I also wanted to just thank you as we're coming up on the end of our conversation here. Thank you not only for joining us for this conversation today, but for everything that you're doing for the residents of Schenectady County, both to fight COVID-19 and what you have done and what you're continuing to do. And also um, congratulate you on the success so far of this dashboard and for taking the time to have a conversation with us today. Thank you so very much. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's always great to sort of talk through the activities that we're doing and get to sort of to think about how we're sharing those with other people. That's great. And then also, you know, we have um, there are local health departments across the state who could hear this podcast today and say, wow, this would be really great for our community as well. So you know that you've got friends in Schenectady County. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of County Conversations, brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. We hope that you will continue to enjoy these county government-focused conversations, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.